What's up, tea drinkers? Who's ready to spill? Welcome to The Tea with KG, hosted by your girl, Kaylee Grace. Here you'll find your weekly boost of real talk mixed with laughter, healing, and all of those vulnerable, messy moments in between. The Tea with KG is a safe space for you to show up exactly as you are. We are here to share real-life stories from around the globe and be a community of love, joy, and celebrating life. This is a real-deal show, so there will be coarse language and sensitive topics discussed. The most beautiful stories oftentimes emerge from the darkest of places, and we're here to explore it all. There's room for everyone at this tea time, so grab your drink of choice, spark it up, or just relax and soak it up. Cheers, and let's spill. What's up, tea drinkers? We are back with another episode of The Tea with KG. I'm your host, Kaylee Grace. We are here to spread the sparkle. If you're watching on YouTube, you can see I am emanating my soul. I'm wearing a sparkly pink bodysuit, so we're all about the sparkles today. I have another amazing guest joining me. I am so excited to have the lovely Cheyenne Isaac Glow joining us. What's up, girl? Hi, Kaylee. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited. So Shy is a fashion designer. So freaking cool. All the listeners know I love me some fashion, love me some creativity. So I'm so excited to talk more about what you do, your story, how we got to where we are now. Can't wait to hear it all. I will let you explain it in your own words, though, with the who are you and what do you do? So my name is Cheyenne Isaac Glode, as you mentioned. Uh, I'm Mi'kmaq from Listigage, Quebec. I'm 32 years old. And I have been on a fashion design artistic journey uh, for a very long time. I'm very influenced by my Mi'kmaq culture. Uh, I'm also very influenced by, you know, modern day fashion, as well as like high-end fashion. I've always had an eye for that. And I'm just doing things that align with my dreams. And, and, you know, I think that um, bringing in like Indigenous creators and doing things for the Indigenous kind of um, space is so important to me. So there's not a ton of that in the fashion industry. And I'm just really excited to try to break through. I know that it's been big for the last few years. We have, we see a lot more Indigenous um, designers and artists and very talented people. So it's really about, you know, finding space there and, and bringing, you know, what I have to offer to the table, what the East Coast kind of traditional vibe has to offer um, to the fashion world. But I really love to do the mix up where I combine the two and then, you know, it's stuff for everybody, not just, you know, Indigenous people. So that's a little bit about, I guess, me and where I'm going. Yes. Um, I love all that. I was just like, yes, yes, yes. I have to stop myself with guests because I get so excited. I just want to be like, yes. But I'm like, no, let them speak. <laughs> then you can say how excited you are. I friggin' love that. And you can see it like with your design. Like I love that you bring your culture into it. And like you said, it's so important for us to to bring that to the mainstream. And I agree, like what you were saying the past few years, so many Indigenous creators are on and popping and I am so here for it. I'm like, yeah, it's just so beautiful. And like, I always think of the dancing like that. I, it just, 
it's just so mesmerizing and gorgeous to me. And just, you just feel it. You feel that energy, you feel those vibes. And I love that you're bringing that expression through your fashion. And not only that, like you're, you're pulling from whatever inspires you, the modern stuff, your cultural stuff, what you see, high fashion. I think that's so awesome that you don't limit yourself. You, you were like, let's just see what inspires me and let's go. So props to you for that. Cause I'm here for it. <laughs> Thank you. Of course. So Shea Designs is what your company is called, right? Yeah. So I've been doing this for quite some time, probably since I was about, um, I, I want to say like 10 years old, I was exposed to nice. Yeah. Things in school. And we have a, we have a course called culture class and in, in, mm -hmm. in our community school. So at an early age, I was just really taken to that, but I didn't know that this would be something that I would make kind of base my career around. Um, so I, was, I enjoyed working with my hands, things like that. Um, I was exposed to culture from my father. I did a lot of dancing. Um, as you yes. Yeah. So that's a big part of my life. I always think that I've seen videos of you dancing is gorgeous. I'm just like, yes. <laughs> so that's been important to me. And like, I... I love the fashion within that realm of dancing. Like, yes, it's stunning. It, even like, I, I don't want to say men and women, but like sometimes women, we get more of the fun, flashy stuff, but the men's theirs is just as awesome. Like it's so powerful and I can feel it. Like I can, when I see the dancing and see the outfits it all just, it speaks to me. And I just, I think it's amazing. It's a very, um, it's a very powerful Thing, be able to practice but to keep that our culture kept alive but it's very sharing it's very inviting and like you said the flashiness so it was really cool because as far as I can remember when I was younger I was able to be exposed to fashion in that kind of setting so like you can decide what color dresses you want what speaks to you how you yeah. what you feel I love that a lot because I feel like even as a kid I always was very, uh, I feel very similar to you, always very creative, always love fashion, but I always was excited if I got to choose my colors or if I got to choose or put my input like in anything, but especially with that, because it's such a meaningful piece that you wear, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. So it's, it's so funny because even like your sparkly top, there's a lot of <laughs> out there like that yes. you're just full love of glam. It. It's so cool. So that was something that I was exposed to like my expression at an early age of like you know using color concepts things like that um and then from there I did um a lot of beadwork is kind of my niche um but one of the things that was challenging for me was the sewing I didn't quite know how to sew um I was exposed to that maybe in my early teens or late mm -hmm. teens and for me it was challenging and I knew at a young age clothing and designing was something like I would draw on sketchbooks so on the flip side I was going to ask you that too I was going to say were you a drawer I would do like a lot of clothing and figures wearing clothing and my mom kind of caught like an eye of that and she and she kind of helped me understand what a fashion designer was so aside from the cultural part of me I was always doing that kind of stuff like just yes. around and dressing up like Barbies and things like oh that. oh my so god exciting. yes yeah. like I swear like that was the most fun part I was like okay what outfit are we gonna wear today yeah. Barbies like what do we got and even myself like it's so I love that you're saying this because as a child like some of the stuff I would be like 
my mom would try and dress me a certain way and I'd be like, no, I need to express myself. Like I'm going to wear this. And some of the outfits I'm like, you did not care. You wore what you wanted. You put what colors you wanted together. But I feel like that was important for me because I had to express myself somehow and, and bring that creativity out. So I feel like it's so important for us as like, look back, if, if people aren't sure where they want to go and you're creative, look back to it as a kid. Like, what did you like as a kid? What were you drawn to? Like shy? It's just like, you've brought this beautiful vision to life from your entire growing up. I just think it's awesome. Yeah. So just things like that. I remember um, talking about growing up. Um, it was picture day and my, I was staying at my grandmother's that evening and the next day I cried to wear a costume jewelry set, but it wasn't just a costume jewelry set. It was like the plastic ones you get. Yes. Like, <laughs> I totally know what you mean. <laughs> and I wanted to wear high heels and she was just like, absolutely not. And I was crying. <laughs> so finally they had to let me go. And I was so happy in my pictures with my like. You plastic. had your bling. Oh my God. Yes. There was this costume, well, all the costume jewelry, but there was this <laughs> ring that I always used to wear. <laughs> my parents were like there she goes she's got her bling on I was like yes I do <laughs> so I found at an early age that was just something you know I was really drawn to and luckily for you know being Mi'kmaq and Indigenous uh, culturally too I I think in my opinion and this is uh, just a little bit of a biased opinion it's like Indigenous people are so fashionable even you know hundreds of years yeah ago, they are I, Mm -hmm. They came with their hair done. They had lots of jewelry and so Yes. And like yeah. you said, like the, the colors and I, I love to very like natural things. So I love as well when you can use the beauty of mother earth and nature to express. And I just think I love so much. Like I'm so grateful to my friend, Max. She's always been so inclusive with me with indigenous practices. Cause it just really resonates with me. Like it's just, just connecting to creator and mother earth and embodying that it's just so beautiful so I love too. you said that earlier how it is very like inclusive and you want to share that and I just think that's beautiful just for humans I, even our stories like I think that's how we connect like that's how we open up and gain perspective for people and learn to just live in love and I just I think that's so awesome that you mentioned that and you embody that as well yeah, you know, I've struggled, of course, with things as being Indigenous. It is very hard um, in terms of like, especially when you're visibly, I've, you know, grew up, got a lot of um, the neighboring towns, like a lot of racism and follow, getting followed. And that created some bitterness in me um, against of course. You know, non-Indigenous people because it was very hard. Um, but as I grew, I, I had a total different mindset and I see... Um, I guess I see people's spirits. Like I'm very, I'm also a very spiritual person. Me too. That's, I think that's why I feel what you're saying there. Like it's, it's, you just feel people and you feel their intentions, but given your trauma, like it would make sense that you would have those feelings, of course. Yeah. It, and it was a struggle, you know, I, I had to work on it. I had to meet different people and, and realize that, you know, not everybody can be cut with the same you know, cut by the same cloth or whatever the yeah. expression is. But yeah, as I grew and I learned and I met some really amazing people, I no longer have the like, of course, trauma lives. We carry like racial trauma with us. It's, it's really big. It's in the body and it's generational. Yeah. It's, it's, it's years and years and years, of course. Yeah. And it's like, um, 
you carry ripple effects of, of what happened. Um, but for me, um, the growth I've experienced with that has been, um, you know, huge. And I think that the more and more I surround myself with people who have good intentions and I, and I don't look at, you know, um, kind of that generational tie or, or kind of that burden, it's been really wonderful. And I think that, you know, I'm so grateful I learned that and I got out of my way with that because, um, you know, nobody wants to be bitter and nobody wants to, you know, constantly play, I guess, a, a victim scenario. And mm -hmm. and it's not, um, I would not, and I rephrase that, like I would never say my people are in a victim mind frame or anything like that. But for a while, um, just my personal experience, it was just very, yeah. you have, when you carry a lot of anger, right, it's really hard. So I had to learn and go through a lot of um, things. I have had my own spiritual journey with that. And I've, I've learned to, you know, figure out that there's so much beauty in the world, even when things are really hard, even when you had a really difficult upbringing or history or kind of like racial trauma on a whole, you can find beauty in so many things and it doesn't matter, you know, where you come from, who you are. Um, there's beauty in everybody, just like there isn't, you know, some people. You're going to make me cry. I'm like, I'm, you're getting me with all the feels <laughs> right there. That is. Oh my God, that was so poetic. That was so beautiful. <laughs> Serious. I'm like, whoa, got the tears. I got the tears flowing already, people. <laughs> well, it's been, uh, it's been a journey, you know, like I think every everybody has experiences that are really tough. And so that's been one of mine. 100%. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And thank you for being so open. I feel like, like I said, that that's how we gain perspective and how we just love each other like i said like that's how compassion is gained for me anyway i approach each person so openly because i'm like what's your story and each person's so different i'm like let's peel back those layers like what's going on in there like i love and it it helps you understand people and i think when you understand people then you understand you know how we how we act or what we how we move through life and things like that and i just think it's just important in general for all of us so it's it's so, so gorgeous for me when I hear people when they work through all those little sticky bits in us, because we all have those and they all look different. They're all different scales, different complexities. But at the end of the day, it's all it's trauma, right? And it's all yep. about how we work. And I, I get not in the same way, but in my own journey, some of those feelings that are so difficult to work through. And when things rock you, it it's, can be very foreign as well. Like I had a really hard time coming to terms with different emotions I was feeling at certain points in life because I, it was like, it was like, what is this? Like, this is not something I was used to. And like just the thoughts and feelings and that can be in it itself, such a challenge. But then once you kind of figure out, okay, this is maybe what's what I'm dealing with or what's going on and you can sift through that a bit. It is, like you said, so beautiful and doesn't mean it's easy, doesn't mean every day is perfect, but uh, like I'm thinking, I'm getting me the feels again, but it, it is beautiful when you get there and can see things in a different light and a different perspective. It's so true. And um, some of the things too, like Indigenous people experience as a whole is just like the effects of residential school, those really hard, it's really hard things that are like you're if not reminded by um you know people deflect it or it's let's get over these things and so you know like you said I still struggle when I see things today and you know you see people that don't have any compassion or they're ignorant and not in the sense of being negative in the sense that they just don't know the difference 
So one of my, I like to call like my power tool is to educate people. I think that that's so important, you know, and what I do through some of my art is to bring that education. Yes. I wanted to ask you quickly too, because I just thought of it and I can't find my pen. So I was like, I can't write it down to remember, but okay. I watched a movie recently and I swear I thought you were in it, but I was like, maybe that's not her. Cause it was just a quick little clip. It was called, I believe it was called for love. It's like a movie on Netflix. You probably, <laughs> okay. I knew it. I was looking and I was like, I'm pretty sure that's shy. And I kept staring and I rewinded it. I was like, I know that's her, but I was like, I have to ask you. Cause it was stunning. Like you, it just, it stood out to me again, your outfit you have on the location you're in. It was such a powerful shot. So I was like, I have to ask. Also, listeners, if you do want to watch a really great educational, well done documentary style, or it's awesome. And it's for love, correct? Is that the name? So I can, I'll tell you a little bit about that. Yes, yes. I actually am in it in a clip from a clip. What? Yeah. So where the original shot is, is I'm in the music video for classified called powerless. So they took that. Yeah. But it was just really cool to still be a part of it, but it's about, I think that whole docu-series is about, or documentary is about um, child welfare and the things that went Mm -hmm. on. It's awesome. It goes all over Canada. I liked that a lot because each area is, it's different. Like each, each place, like up North has different issues. Uh, Of course, some are the same, but differing depending on like your climate and things as well Uh, it was really well done and just the way it was presented and I I really enjoyed watching it so if anybody is looking for ways they can further educate themselves definitely check that out on Netflix we're not sponsored by Netflix or anything but (laughs) no it's very and it was really well done but I will chat a little bit about too like my experience with that whole like getting to be able to be on a music video like it was yes oh yeah so back to where I just kind of pursued that Um, I pursued um, wanting to go to design school I got accepted to a few I got accepted to a school in Albuquerque New Mexico it's an indigenous based school that is so cool yeah I I didn't go though that's the kind of downfall but I forget the what they call it now Um, it was like the American Indian uh, Arts Institution at the time Anyways, um, I wasn't able to go. So on due to like some unforeseen circumstances with funding and I didn't know how to apply in the States and it was just mm-hmm. a really big kind of challenge. Was this right after high school? Yeah. Okay. I was like quickly, like, I know we talked kind of like you drew and stuff. Did you ever create like a, any clothing or accessories before you graduated high school? Actually I did. And that would have been okay, my regalia. Cool. Like I've had some beautiful okay I was just curious yeah because I was like I'm sure there was like schooling and stuff but just before that I was like I'm sure she's made a few things probably jewelry too because I know you said like your your jam yeah about when I was 15 I kind of started creating beadwork and that's when social media started to kind of ramp up a little bit and Facebook and I posted these things up and people in my community went wild they were like (laughs) give me that (laughs) I was like, uh, like $10. So I started very humbly because I, I always had that concept of like, it's not the greatest yet. I'm getting there. I'm not going to, you know, I feel you there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, you know, a million dollars for it. And I always, when I teach, I encourage that to young people, like get your style, right. Get your, um, quality, right. And then start to move up from there. Yeah. I did that. And then people started ordering things off me and I was just like, 
this is wild. <laughs> I'm, you know, 16 years old and I was making a couple hundred dollars off of like doing some pretty, pretty good beadwork. So that was really- Yeah. And you love to do it too. So it was like, why not, you know, fuel that passion. Yeah. I've seen the earrings. Did you make other things as well? The earrings are so gorgeous. I'm like, of course, all the sparkle and the beads. I'm like, yes. <laughs> so these are, these are not done by me. I have a hard time keeping the things I, I create because- <laughs> Yes, people want people, them. <laughs> they either want them or I'm like, here like I yeah giving away um but it's this is a company in I believe they're in BC they're from BC but they're called Indie City so this is more of like a modern earring it's done with a 3D printer and they design it yeah that's so cool cool. I always get amazed by 3D printers I'm like how (laughs) it's so cool to me (laughs) so I'm also a big supporter like I loved support other indigenous artists like I support lots of things but when I see you know indigenous people it's really like it pulls on my heartstrings so I'm like I'll support you know um yeah people out there doing it doing the do it's like fuck yeah like get it (laughs) well exactly right totally so then I started from there um I sold quite a bit and that's when I started to apply I wanted to go to art school right away um so I did apply for I got accepted to LaSalle a private school in Montreal and then my family kind of was like why don't since you want to be in business like why don't you got you try to do like business first so I kind of listened which I feel like I should have followed my heart I should have went directly to fashion school and um, I went to biz- business school for a bit in Ottawa and then from there I went back home for a bit because Ottawa was just it was so it was so expensive to be out there at my you know a young age oh of course yeah at first I didn't know really anybody it was really like a, a struggle but I made a lot of friends especially in the indigenous community there I did experience like really cool things being friends with with people from other nations like we would sit and have beating parties and they would teach me different techniques. I love that. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And so I was really grateful for that. I met all kinds of like different um, indigenous people from across the country. And I stayed out there as long as I could until it got really expensive. So I headed back home and then I applied to NBCCD. So design school in Fredericton. Mm -hmm. And I, I stuck around home for about a year. I, made some money. I did, I did a little bit of saving. And then I went into that school and my goal was to take the design course for three years. So I had to start like the foundations. Um, after the fact, when I developed my portfolio through, um, during that first year, they were like, you didn't need to come. to (laughs) You did not need to do this. That's a requirement unless you have your portfolio ready, which I didn't in the span of time. Like I was just um, applying to school and things like that was just like, I didn't really have a ton of support. Like my, my mom wasn't really involved or anything like that. And so I was just so like, at the time, like, oh my God, what do I do? Like, I just need to get in. I didn't really realize like the preparation I could have done. So I think like having that experience, that's also something I try to um, encourage young people to like, you know, really, really see what you're doing. And if you have these skills already, like maybe there's a way, like, for example, for me, I could have prepared this portfolio and I could have bypassed that. But it was, it was great. It was a great learning. Great learning. Exactly. Right. Yeah. That's one thing I noticed too in myself. I'll make mistakes or do things. Maybe not the, I say right way in air quotes, everybody, because we all know there's lots of ways to do things. And then I look back to, and I'm like, you know what? 
it was probably for a reason I had to learn it that way. So, and also too, what I love is you're taking what you've learned and you're helping the youth with that. So I think that's awesome. You know, you're, you're paying it forward that way. You're like, this is what I've learned. So maybe this will help you on your journey too. So that's awesome. Exactly. And I never forget because it's, you know, I listened to a lot of people growing up too, like in small ways of like advice. And, and I know when you're young, you're stubborn, you don't really know. <laughs> right. <laughs> But I, right. I found it was always true. Like they always were leading you in a direction that. Yeah. And sometimes too, it's the messenger, maybe not the message. So you may not want to hear something from like your mom or your dad, but then if someone who you think is cooler, who might be an adult says it, then you're like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. It just it's hilarious. And you really do think, you know, everything. Like, oh my God. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And there's like, no, not that there's no consequences, but kind of, you're just like, I'm just going to do this. Like, <laughs> you know, like we can do and you just, anyway, so yeah, we I could go down to, a whole other group of stories right there. <laughs> I try to, um, you know, I try to remember those things when it comes to like those life decisions and especially very unique, like being a designer and stuff is very unique. And, yeah. and it's like in the movies when they, you see people being like, no, like that's not really a career, like parents, like it's partially true, but at the end of the day, like, I think that what I'm doing has taken me so far and has given me so many amazing opportunities versus maybe sitting, you know, being an accountant or, or and no disrespect to that, but it's just like, this it's not is not your alignment. Exactly. Yeah. Oh girl, I can still get behind that. Cause like, I am, I'm so much a creative dreamer as well. So I can totally resonate with how you're speaking there. And also too, if you did a job like that, I guarantee it would suck your soul out every day. And you'd be like, I don't want to do this. And when things, and it's awesome for people who are want to do that driver, but when it's not with what you're meant to do in this lifetime and what your soul is here to learn and teach and do and impact, it's not the tea. It's not what it's not going to work. It's not what's up. And I feel like you are so in alignment with what you're doing and just the way it has grown and the quality behind what you do. And you can tell you put your heart and your soul and your energy into it. And to me, that makes something so much more special because you know, it's made with love and it's yeah. just beautiful. Well, I just got like a ton of chills when you were talking like yes. that. Cause it's like, that's my kind of, that's my little um, alarm or a little bell to say that, like, you know, what you're saying is probably like so true to my soul. Like On the money. It's like the, com- I get the goosebumps all the yeah. time too. It's like confirmation from the universe, creator, yes. God, divine, whatever you want to call it. I'm like, yes, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> so, I love that. I feel like from there, I just started exploring. And when I got to uh, Fredericton, I did a lot of really cool things. I met a lot of cool people. I graduated from my program. I ended up having like my art in the Beaverbrook Museum, just really big, what? like milestones. Yeah, that's amazing. Okay, I have a question too. So, with your design school, like you said, you could have bypassed the foundation part. Like, like, okay, I'm very curious about it because again, that was as a child one of the one of the five thousand dreams. I was like, I'm going to be a designer. So, I'm just genuinely curious because I think it's cool. Like, is it just purely clothing or does it go into accessories too or how does it work oh the your fundamental your first year if you're in I don't know what it's like in other larger schools across like the country or where, wherever but for this particular school um you had to take the foundations and it was really amazing because it exposed you to we had classes 
like um color concept we had Ooh. classes like creative process we had we had art classes like drawing mm-hmm. so where we actually drew like bodies like we had models come in it was really cool so you got like live models and you got to draw, draw me like one of your french girls jack <laughs> 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 had a, a friend she was from um she was indigenous from Maine she was I, oh, I forget what her tribe is but she was just giggling away like she, <laughs> she could handle it so it was it was really cool we drew we drew like uh, fruit bowls things like that and then we did other um courses like I took a tattoo course for example what? and that yeah. is so cool I'm sorry I just think that's awesome <laughs> so and multifaceted so yeah, you got to like dabble in things that maybe interested you and you didn't know you're interested in like textiles yeah. and it was just, it was really neat. So at first I was all kind of peed off because I was like, oh, I just wanted to go <laughs> my thing. But um, once I did all that, like even entrepreneurship classes, like it was just very cool. Yes. Oh my God. And entrepreneurship classes, like, cause like I went to university and did marketing and business. That was my degree and it was great, but it's so it's so crazy how it changes so fast. Like what I learned then, sure, some of the basics are there still, but like social media has totally flipped things oh, like in that world, even in right? business, how we buy things, how everything. And I sometimes am so curious, like what do those classes look like now compared to what it looked like when I took it? Cause I'm sure I would be getting a lot more information because like I said, social media is its own beast. I'm just like, whoa. <laughs> it's crazy the pressure that gets put on people and young people to you know go get your degrees and stuff like that like I'm so I'm for it all and that's what I encourage I think being educated is is such an amazing tool and so healthy for you all around but sometimes people have little to no education and they're very successful so I have no judgment I think your path you choose right you choose right I I agree because I've said this literally since I was in this, these courses, I was like, yes, sure. If you're an accountant, yes, you have to go to school. Like you're not just, you know, or maybe unless you're crazy, really smart with that kind of stuff. I don't know. But for what I'm good at, the creative part, I really feel like you eat, not that not you either have it or you don't, but it is something you can learn, but you naturally, some people just naturally have that, that talent. Right. And business is a lot about your who you are, how you present yourself, how you network with people. It's not just all what you can learn in a book. So I'm with you there. I feel like, like you said, whatever your path is, however you get there is how you get there. Like, look at me, I'm doing a podcast right now. I didn't learn that in university, but it so speaks to what I love. I love connecting. I love public speaking, that kind of thing. So it makes sense. It works. It's like all the, my journey of like being like in 5,000 different directions, not knowing like what creative venture do I choose? And then it's like this, it's like, oh, and you know what you were saying about alignment? I feel it in every part of my being. I'm like, this is what you're supposed to do right now. So also everybody listen to that feeling. Yeah. It's not, she ain't lying. <laughs> it's so true. And I, and that's what I encourage people. And there's a lot of there and it's on, on the flip side too. Like where's art going to take you? Where's this going to take you? Where's that going to take you? You know? And it's like, you would be so surprised that once you do follow, um, you know, your dreams, the things you love, like the opportunities just, it just like, I don't want to say it showers on you, but I truly do believe I've said this in previous episodes. Like when you are on your right path or you take that scary leap or you do the thing that maybe is 
more controversial or it's not the cookie cutter version of what you should do who also who cares there's no such word as what you should do like do you honey but it it it's almost like the universe rewards you and i hate saying that because it doesn't mean the whole thing is like magical i mean we would all love that wouldn't we but it really yeah. truly does like it will give you like those positive like you were saying your work was featured in a museum like immediately it's almost like creator being like yes like keep going like this you're doing it right not that you need i hate saying that too because it's not that we need validation or stuff like that but as a creative it's really nice to know what you're doing is creating an impact or is having an effect or inspiring someone or helping someone so i agree with that and that's the drive, right? I think that when you can impact people, you can help people, you can be of service in, in ways. I think yes. that that's, you're doing the right thing. And, and so that's where this all spoke to me and being able to draw from my culture and, you know, everything I did within like some of my classes, I took some classes when I was there that had indigenous base, like, um, cause there was an indigenous program there. It was kind of fizzing out, but they were like, you're Indigenous, please take some courses so we can continue this, you know? So I did. I didn't want to. I wanted to, continue, <laughs> but they were, they were just like, I'm like, I, you know, I kind of know all that stuff. But and anyways, it was still amazing. I learned a lot as well and got to network there as well. But um, yeah. I would bring that with me, like in my other classes that weren't Indigenous um, kind of focused and so I had a really great experience. I met some really cool people and I graduated from that. I kind of, from there, I started like throughout that experience in school, it was, again, you're in school, you're, you know, you're a starving student, you're a poor student. Yes. <laughs> and it's, it's so hard, but um, I started basically running an unofficial business by then. So by the time um, I got to be there and was going to school full time. I also was doing orders for people. I was doing mini collections. So like come seasons, I would post up earrings. Like this is my, you know, fall inspired yeah. collection. I started to draw little things I learned from like watch, watching fashion week or, mm -hmm. you know, being aligned with that, that kind of high fashion stuff. And I would take color concepts from like what's trending right now. Mm -hmm. And then like, so that, I wanted Indigenous people, non-Indigenous people, but at first my focus was Indigenous because mm -hmm. I thought for a little bit, like, would non-Indigenous people want to wear this type of stuff? So I kind of took that concept and I was like, I want that. That's what I want. I want my designs to be on everybody. I don't want anyone yeah. to feel limited. So I started kind of combining both so that it would be intriguing for everybody and not just have like, you know, traditional colors or like things that would be culturally inappropriate for someone to wear. That's what I was going to ask. I was just because like, I'm always very mindful. Like I never want to be disrespectful, but I also celebrate so much. So I'm like, what is appropriate? What's not? So I'm glad you brought that up because that's something I always try to keep in mind. Yeah, so I can like definitely chat a little bit about that. So I teach um, at Mount Allison for my second year. As oh, cool. Yeah, so technically, I don't like saying that I'm a prof, but technically I'm like- You are, you're a yeah. prof. I love, that's like, she's a badass bitch. She's a prof, <laughs> she's a fashion designer. Like, so I, love I that. this is my second year as a part-time I guess, prof or teacher, however you want to call it. Oh, and girl, you're a prof. You're at a university. <laughs> I teach second and third year students. 
in my course is called beadwork introduction to like cultural and history of beadwork and I was able to have full range on my syllabus teach you know what I wanted and so it that was amazing super mm-hmm. rewarding last year it was very scary I was shaking you know like a leaf I was terrified <laughs> to go in there and be like I am academically I'm not you know I don't have that type of education to be a teacher but they were like nope this is very unique you are a master in your craft like we want yeah. you so terrified as I was I just did it and um it was incredible so my class consists of 20 people I have a waiting list oh my um, god that's awesome <laughs> I'm in a really brand new building in the the Mount A like amazing studio area 90% of my students 80% of my students are non-indigenous so one of my yeah one of my biggest things they're mostly art majors and things like that so it's really cool I loved it but one of my major things was to talk about um cultural appropriation yes because I'm teaching non-indigenous people how to bead and so my my course kind of runs you know the way I kind of have it like introductions we have hands-on beading we projects things like that but throughout I do things like I highlight local beaters or beaters across the um the east coast and then I do like beaters that have impacted and influenced like you know the mainstream like bigger like the world things like that um I bring in some guest speakers we talk about like techniques and and my major point is the appropriation and some of the things I say in there is just like you know I'm teaching this I have the gift to be able to share this with everybody um indigenous and non-indigenous and so that number one, that's, you know, kind of to be respected. I'm not teaching anyone here how to be Indigenous. That's not the goal. It, the goal is to participate in Indigenous, you know, art. And this is a living art that continues, you know, has been kind of since the beginning of time for us. And it has yeah. shifted and and became something super incredible that, you know, we now are able to share. And we're not the only you know, we're not the only peoples that do it Um, on this side of the world. It's done in different ways and in different styles across the world with other Indigenous peoples. And so I kind of go from there and I talk about how important it is to, if you're going to create anything, I want it to be created by you, who you are. I taught them how to do like what a creative process I go through as an Indigenous person, like, you know, color concepts, all those things that, you know, I've learned and I was, I'm able to name them now because of my, my schooling. And so I teach them that bring a piece of yourself into your work. And if you're ever going to recreate Indigenous beadwork, the important thing is to specify that you aren't Indigenous, but you're creating this Indigenous piece and you credit inspiration. So if you drew it from like one of my students did MMIWG, which is a huge thing in the, you know, missing emerging Indigenous women. Mm-hmm. And she was like, look, I'm non-Indigenous, but I feel I need to, to create awareness. So I, I kind of explained the best way to do it. Then this is from me, like my opinion. Yeah. So, and then a lot of questions that come up are like, can I wear Indigenous jewelry? 100%. That's um, what I wanted to know. Cause I've been yeah. gifted stuff and I, of course, wore it, but and I had these beautiful beaded earrings and they broke and I was so sad because I loved them so much. They were so beautiful. So, yes, I was very curious about that. Yes. So, 100% you can, you can wear Indigenous. It's, it's essentially Indigenous, you know, art. It's, um, yeah. some of the things I teach though is like, the things not to do are like, you know, wear, 
what mainstream sees as a war bonnet like that's so cliche and so mm-hmm. like past Hollywood that yeah it's that's inappropriate um traditional garments so like if you sometimes you know events happen in history where garments are like pieces get put into like auctions or museums or or flea markets and then non-indigenous people end up you know it coming into their possession so things like that like you need to do research I tell them on like what it is once you know what it is if it's art 100% because a lot of our ways before you know colonization and when impacts colonization happened and we met you know settlers we did a lot of trading we did a lot of customizing things to intrigue the settlers it was bartering and trading and none of it was not allowed or frowned upon but we made sure that we wouldn't have you know given like a traditional regalia or things like that right so those are some of the things like you know it's you know you don't wear traditional regalia one of the other things is identifying as um indigenous if you aren't that's a big thing that's been happening and you know that I have that I'm like what like I've seen that as well and it kind of blows my mind a little bit I'm like are you serious I'm like why like my brain my brain does not compute like yes it's it's scary because people don't realize how harmful that is and how toxic that can be to indigenous you know people who are fighting you know the fight living the living yes life lived the generations of this like yeah it's very and who practice this living art it's so important that we are very sharing and caring and, you know, people of that nature. So it's sometimes it's difficult when you get burnt, you share and then you kind of. Of it, course, it, it's, yeah. it's like anything in life, right? Like it's like those teaching moments and you're like, it's so challenging because in a, in a completely different way, but I understand that like you're open or you share with someone and then it's used not yeah. for, it's not used with love, let's just say. No. And it's difficult to sometimes trust again to be able to be like okay can I share this or not my story completely different experience 100% but I can understand how that would feel to you know have an experience not go so great and then not be sure how to proceed you're spot on because that's happened to me where you share and then things get taken out of context or exploited so that's the major thing is we talk about exploitation of the art and that if you, it's really, it's really difficult because there are lots of non, I guess I would say non-Indigenous people who have lineage, who are self-identifying. So that's very unclear right now in like Indigenous world and in in the non-Indigenous world, not that they're different, but in ways of like that identification, you know, so um, because who we are comes with like I would say people view it as benefits, but it's really not because of the whole, you know, all the impacts we face, all the trauma. I would give to to not feel those ways and have um, and have to carry so much burden as as a you know indigenous person. I would give that to you know for any benefit. So Mm -hmm. it's really a difficult um, scenario because that sometimes that's the person's goal. Most times that's the person's goal. Oh, that, I'm sorry I keep getting so emotional today but it just it breaks my heart because it's just not right yeah it's really hard and so it's it's hard to um continue a mindset that's positive sometimes because it's very frustrating so in my course I teach that in a really good way I try to say like look 
you know, I encourage you to do beadwork, but do it from what is called within you. You can do it from, and that's where we learn. We really pull back the layers of like, what's meaningful to you. So I do projects on like, maybe it's your cat, maybe it's your family. Yeah. It's like, it can be anything. And I tell them the same thing is that's where I draw inspiration. And because I'm Mi'kmaq and Indigenous, I have that culture part to, to kind of call upon, but you, I, and I tell them, you guys also come from cultures. You're not just, yeah. you know, yeah. I would just like, like white, you have, like, maybe you're from you you have uh German in you or something, you know, exactly. All we things. all have heritage somewhere. Yeah. And yeah. I'm, you know, and I have my grandfather was what was he now Irish I was gonna say so, I was gonna say I got any Irish going that's like my roots are very yeah. very yeah. Irish I'm pretty sure there's Scottish there too but we always celebrated the Irish heritage big time yeah. and so I try to teach them too like if I have you know Irish I'm not going to go and disrespect you know Irish culture by in any means I it's really cool to know that. I know that maybe that somewhere down the lineage, I have that. That's really cool. But I, in no way do I have desire to go and find a way to disrespect that or claim exactly, to be, you know, so I try to flip the switch to, to have them kind of see, you know, what the impacts are when somebody yeah. does. So that's my big, one of my big focuses in my course is to really push that out and say like, look, I want all of you to bead. If you continue this after, that's great for you. But just make sure it's done in in a good way, in the right way, like the right and, intentions with a pure heart. Yeah. Yeah, and like you have a lot to offer as an individual. You don't have to be indigenous to shine and in the in the beadwork yes. world, right? Like you can do so many amazing things, and they did. They brought their game. My last course, it was like some of the work was incredible. Like one girl she created a what do you call that you know the square qr codes mm -hmm. yeah yeah that. and what? it was like with the a, beads with the beads and it was to a sensory like uh, experience on youtube of like birds she was into so i'm like this what? is so incredible my mind incredible. is blown right now i'm like what what it You're was so talented <laughs> So talented. And she was not indigenous. So I, I was like, this is the stuff that like you're creating and you're, it makes me super proud and like emotional too. And like overwhelmed that um, I was able to teach my cultural living art to somebody who's not indigenous, took it the right way and created something magical from it. And they all pretty much yeah. did though. So. It, it oh was my God. I love that. I'm so happy we're having this conversation because these are always things that I feel many people may think of or not and they're not sure. And it's just I, I thank you again for being so open and sharing this because like you said, it's it's educating. And to me, it's for a higher purpose and for all around better things to come. So I love that you're sharing this because I was always like seeing beautiful beadwork done. And I always was like, can I have that? Like, can I wear it? Like, if it's not gifted to me by someone who is Indigenous, like I just wasn't sure. So well, now nope. that I know that I'm like, okay, let's find us some beautiful pink sparkly earrings, please. <laughs> exactly. And if you're, the thing is like the rule of thumb, I would say is if an Indigenous person is in business and they're selling, chances like 90% of the time, if not 99% of the time, they want everyone to, they're inclusive. Yeah. Um, 
you know, but again, if, it, if it's like a traditional piece you find out somewhere or things like that, it's for sure good to ask questions. And mm-hmm. um, a lot of people right now too are um, very inclusive with even like ribbon skirts. So like today is national. I was curious about, I know I saw that. I saw you post yeah. that national ribbon skirt, January 4th. That's when we're recording everyone who's listening. Yeah. <laughs> I was curious about the ribbon skirt because to me, I thought that was a very sacred thing as well. So you can speak more on that if you'd like. Yeah. So ribbon skirt are traditionally for ceremony which is the main purpose right so um, there is a bit of a difference between like what they've evolved to today so that's a that's the other thing that um, I don't think like the average Canadian or somebody who is an Indigenous doesn't realize that so much evolution comes to even our art just like anything right there's oh my gosh fashion is the perfect example like it always recycles but it constantly evolves we'll take pieces from this era this era this era and we'll make something different like hell yeah and that's something I love about fashion is it's always shifting changing it's so it's so open to interpretation like we were saying before we hit record today we were talking about interpretation so love that yeah and it's like Chanel right you don't see other people you know, knocking off is, is technically illegal, right? So it's like the same thing. You yeah. don't, when you take, you know, something like that. And, and it's, it's like that with ribbon skirts. So the ones that are for ceremony and traditional practices are what, as an individual, I own for those reasons. That's something I probably wouldn't give away or I wouldn't lend things like that. But in terms of like my skirt, what I want is other people to be able to purchase that and to, you know, if you're, if you're practicing allyship and you're, you're like, this is indigenous made, it's an indigenous ribbon skirt and you're wearing it in a fashion sense. Like, I don't see anything wrong with that. Um, okay, for cool. sure, yeah, but for sure there, it, there are indigenous people that might have a bit of resistance to that. Mm-hmm. And it's so very new because it's like, people have old ways of thinking and there's new concepts and you know, there, I'm not going to say there isn't going to be resistance, but I, I don't think you would experience it like really intensely. I think that it's just some people's views. Um, but like I said, I think if you're wearing it with good intention, you're going to something along those lines or you're supporting yeah. a fashion designer, things like that. I think it's like 100% the way do you see it as celebratory? Because I do. Like, to me, it's a beautiful thing. Like, as long as, you, like you said, it's done with good intentions and it's pure, I feel it's such a celebration and, like, it's beautiful. And I'm like, why not bring more attention to something so beautiful and maybe people can then learn more? I, I, I just think the ripple effect it can have yeah. is big. And I think the ribbon skirt is such a, a beautiful piece for a woman, specifically, because it's something that can be worn now we wear it to celebrations to like you know like you said uh graduations things like that but then there's also a time where we wear our ceremonial ones to very serious you know ceremonies and things like that events that are something that isn't openly shared as much because they're very sacred that's right but I think like you said like being able to see allyship and other people wearing that and and being proud of that and it evolving in that sense for sure that's another good thing because a lot of ceremonies welcome people of all race and color and things like that so yeah I have that and then maybe someday in the future you head into that space and you're like oh I actually own a ribbon skirt or things like that so I wouldn't I definitely don't discourage and I think it would be so beautiful if um, non-indigenous people 
we're able to purchase that in the right setting, the right space, the right time, you know, all of those yes. things. Um, but I do see how there may be, you know, there might be some resistance. I think the more it evolves, the better things will get. And I think it's time that we share, you know, the, the beauty and like the things we have to offer. And we, we are both women, regardless of our race. And I think that if you want to feel the power of wearing a ribbon skirt, oh, yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> I like that you said that because even like I'm like this with most things I wear, including like this, right? I have like a citron crystal on right now. I'm very like, I love my spiritual things. But to me, I think things hold magic and power and energy. And I feel like I've, I felt this way since I was a kid. Like I, I, I'm thinking back to that plastic ring I used to wear, but I used to pretend like there was magical powers that would come in and out of it. And now that I'm older, I'm like, girl, you were so evolved and you didn't even know it. Like you were yeah. thinking about energy and things, right? So I feel like the beadwork you create and your ribbon skirts, if also we'll plug your website at the end because they're gorgeous and they're so cool and different and modern. I just, I was looking at your website and I was like, these are so cool. But like the beadwork, anything, like to me, it holds magic and it holds whatever energy or love you put into it, which is a lot because beadwork's not for the faint of heart. Like that's, that takes some talent. Like <laughs> a lot of time. But yes. that's another thing. I'm very, I have a spiritual side to me as well that I don't always share, come forward with. Um, I do do practice ceremony and things like that as an Indigenous person, but I also am very into like crystals and intentions yes. and things like that. I love that. So one of the things that I realized is that, you know, beads are kind of like stone and glass and senses. So I always took that seriously in the, in the sense of how I'm feeling and what I'm putting out into my creation is going to have reflection is going to carry energy. And so I always try to do things with like a clear mind. If I'm feeling a type of way, I'm like, I'm not touching it for a little bit. Like, yeah. We're not and, putting this into that. Yeah. Or sometimes I'm, I'm using my frustration as fuel and then I'll kind yeah. of clean it off after I smudge my piece or whatever it is so that it resets. And that when I do make I the perfect, yeah, it's like, those things are really, really important to me when I do create. And that's kind of all the behind the scenes stuff I really don't talk about, but it, it's so important and it's huge. And my campaign that I released in August, the story behind all of that was just like, I came out of something that was really difficult for me and and just at the time I've experienced a lot of like you kind of feel when you have friends or you have people in your life that are throwing you shade because maybe you're advancing or you're doing something that you know and that's so hard because I'm not that person if I could take everybody with me I would um yeah. And I want that for everybody. If somebody's, I think there's room for everybody at the table. Yes. You said that I think on your site and I was yeah. like, yes, yeah. I feel the exact same way. There's so much of this competition or people will project based on their own feelings. Cause they see not you in particular, I'll say you, but yeah. you flying or soaring or whatever, or achieving your dreams. But like you just said, there is room for everyone. And also sometimes people are only seeing the highlight reel or the wins or they're seeing this, but they don't see everything else that goes into it. You know, right. there's so much to being a creator that is not flashy, that is not beautiful. You know, you've probably been in tears at certain points. You've probably been feeling all the feels we all have. I've been there. <laughs> like, so the struggles, there's so yeah. many struggles, like personally within your art, like just things that are. Yes so so difficult so when I when I re released that campaign it was about 
bringing up one another and I used a relation to uh, flowers so it's named um was wuggle knee wuggle which means growing I up. love that can you yeah. say that again it sounds really cool <laughs> was wiggle knee wiggle so it means I like that flowers. yeah and I said to I said like in my spiel that flowers have space they can grow beside each other but it, it kind of you never dull each other's beauty you have your own beauty you have your own growth and so that was my campaign and what I've kind of came out of before that and what I was experiencing and I just want to say you know of course I highlight indigenous models and I'm an indigenous person but it really was about that for everybody you know especially women we're in we can be ways with each other there's cattiness there's you know a lot of it's unfortunate yeah it so much competition and I'm just like girls chill like we all can do the things like come on and so I think it's beautiful when creators come together whether you're doing the same thing or not and you just right you know, create yeah, magic 100 so I'm always I'm always up for collaborations I'm always up for you know, seeing what other people have to offer as long as their intentions are good, because I've worked with people with bad intentions and it, it, it's really damaging and it really makes you not want to do it again. 100%. It's very disheartening, especially like, I know I'm very like, I feel the feels times a million, but when I do something, you're getting all of me, my heart, my soul, whether it comes to uh, art, relationships work whatever it is you're not just getting half like you're getting everything so I find sometimes when people stomp on that it hurts so much more because you're just like really like it's I feel that and and that's what I went through and so I kind of drew from that I I get inspired you know I took a situation that was hard and made it into something something you know beautiful and I definitely released it not thinking like I just thought everybody's gonna be like wow and so when I did one of my goals for this project was of course to tell my story to release my campaign I rebranded myself got myself a new logo I did like new uh, website all of these things fresh everything new I like that (laughs) like okay I'm gonna do this I'm gonna do the thing the thing that scares me the most the thing Uh that I'm like I've always had a little bit of a business, but it was never official. So now it's super official. Now it's here. It's out. She's arrived. <laughs> yeah. So I was like really nervous and scared for that. Um, but then once I did it, it was like magic. And then I was like, okay, I put out the website. I think it was on, I want, no, the skirts, the product garments were for sale on August 11 at 1111. 11. So like, I saw that there. too. And 11 <laughs> is like my, has always been my number. So anything with 11, I was just like, this is like meant to be yeah. this connection right now because it was just, everything was aligning. So love that here Good. for that. <laughs> it was so cool. Just the way I did it. Like I don't have marketing background, but I feel like I did it in such a way that was appealing. Like, and like I said, you got the natural it's, yeah literally like don't get me wrong like I said love what I learned but I feel like I kind of knew most of it just saying you know what I mean so I get that like it's one of those things I think you naturally kind of have it it's like easier for you than maybe somebody else right exactly yes so I hyped it up I released them and I sold out in under five minutes but the biggest thing was oh my god (laughs) let's just celebrate that for a second (laughs) under five minutes whoa (laughs) but I was setting myself apart what I did was so typically I charge like when I started, like, no, I wouldn't say when I started before I launched, 
maybe a ribbon skirt was like 200, 250, depending on detail of these things, right? Um, these skirts were like five, six, you know, $600. So I contemplated that for a long time because I'm like, that's quite a bit of money. Did you battle like, with yourself? Cause I feel oh, like hard. where I'm progressing to, it's coming to things where I'm going to have to start choosing costs and prices. And I feel like, I know it's a lot of like wounding in myself that I'm like, no, you are worth this. You can yeah. like, it is worth it. And it's so hard for me to be like, but am I, am I worth that much? Like, you know what I mean? So I feel like, that was I, me. right. <laughs> that was 100% me. And I talked to my husband about it. I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this too. One indigenous women who probably want these skirts so bad, but two, like, I don't think anybody's going to buy them. And under and five minutes like, later, I was huh? like, nope. he's like, do it. So how I got myself to that point was like, I thought about everything. I was like, okay, I have over 20 years of experience doing this for a long time. I built my name. It took me a very long time. I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. And if they sit on the site for four or five months, they sit on the site for four or five months. Somebody will come across one. Yes. And you just went for it. I like that. You were like, you know what? Let's go. We're doing it. Like, and that's always when the magic happens, people. Literally. They go. <laughs> I just come and I, under five minutes, I couldn't believe, I, I couldn't believe it. It was like, I felt, this is so weird to say, but I felt, I told my husband, like, if I died tomorrow, this sounds crazy. <laughs> I feel like I lived part of my dream. Like, look at my, you're I, making me cry so much. This, like, I'm just like, it just, it's happy tears and compassionate tears. It's all the tears, but I fucking love that so much. And it's like when you do something like that, that speaks to your spirit and your heart, you can, I've never felt that way before. I just said, I literally felt like I lived my dream. It, even if I don't carry on or whatever happens, it was so magical. That I had a really difficult year this year, and that was probably the most magical moment for me. And I'm so excited to do more. But unfortunately, after my launch, my husband and I lost our sister. So my husband lost Aww. his sister at a really young age. So sorry. Yeah, I lost my sister-in-law. So we kind of been, it's been really, really rough. Um, I want to say from August, end of August tell about just before the new year was really difficult I couldn't find it in me to create again um no, you gotta heal for, now. for sure yeah. yeah I like that you're honoring that that's another thing that's so important <laughs> listeners honor when things happen anything and you need that space and that time to heal give it to yourself because it's not going to go anywhere like it's going to be there until you let yourself feel it again so uh just I like that you're allowing yourself that space yeah, I did. And and so I've been working on it. I had to go through a ton of therapy sessions. I had to do a ton yeah. of things for myself, um, turning to, you know, cultural ways, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, my husband and I, it was really hard between us. Um, it's just, it rocked our world. And, and, you know, she, she was very young and we miss her so much every day. And um my grandfather actually beginning of the of last year 2022 he passed away and he was a big important role in my life so I was coming from grief I kind of went through that I went through my experiences I pulled myself up I did this big thing it was very magical it it was like like I said I lived my dream even if it was for five minutes yes. and so um to be met with grief again was very difficult so we've mm -hmm. We've been struggling. It's a lot better now. Um, we've worked through a lot of it. It's just, I put pause.
on my grading and I had I had no one plans for that because I was like I'm gonna be like a train like I'm going forward like yeah all the way thinking. let's go <laughs> like yeah I'm you know my engine's ready I have all the things you know and it just uh, then life is like we're gonna do this for a minute yeah it's life so challenging is- life you oh. never know right it's always those ebbs and flows those curveballs and it's just it's it's very humbling always and i feel like that's how we can cultivate greater gratitude is when these things happen that rock our worlds and they're not pleasant they're hard they're tragic they're they're the the heartbreaking moments but when you give yourself that time and can come out of it and see silver lining it, it, i find for myself anyway I can generally be like, okay, at least like, what was the lesson here? Or is my gratitude cultivating more? And just that type of thing. Cause life ain't never going to stop. That's one thing we have learned. <laughs> That's one thing too. I'm learning. Cause I feel like I've, the experiences I've had in the last two, three years have been really massive versus yeah. all the other years, you know, but, um, a great friend of mine told me sometimes you have to suffer a, a big loss to get a, a big gain. And, and I'm yes, a really, it's like the bigger, the pain, the bigger, the purpose. Sometimes I yeah. feel like that too. Exactly. And so I, I'm big on manifestation. I'm big on all of those things. So lately I don't want to say anything to like, I just am existing again and I'm finding my sparkle again from all of that. And I've taken some time. I've actually was in a corporate job alongside doing all these things. So I left that. Um, Yeah, I was like, you know what? This is no longer serving me. Great. I've had a lot of great things there, opportunities, amazing people. I just said to myself, on top of everything on my plate, this is something I cannot do anymore because I feel that I have talents and I have things that, you know, they, they don't fit in that corporate world no and you're making no you are okay that's like the biggest dream any entrepreneur here is someone who's walked away from the corporate it's like you're getting rounds of applause all over the world from everybody right now because that (laughs) is you I mean yes maybe there were some things in life that had to shake things up in a not great way to make that decision but I think it's for a bigger purpose because look at you like I, I know the dark moments, we don't feel like we still have the sparkle. I still see your sparkle, honey. I'm like, yes, like I just, I see so much talent in what you do and it's so important and amazing. And I, I there's, there's no other path to me. I'm like, this is what she has to do is create and just exude who you are and teach. Like, I feel like that's such a beautiful combination because you are doing what you love, but you can also help teach and pass on the beautiful wisdom, like so much wisdom in this episode alone. So I can just imagine how lucky your students are to have you. I know for myself too, some of my teachers, profs in my life have created such big impacts in my own life, in my teaching. So you're creating awesomeness everywhere you go. So I think that's so great that you left the corporate. (laughs) And I just want to tell you too, like since we're in this moment is you are literally the first thing I've accepted to do back again since everything. I haven't really been um, doing the things that, you know, um, because of everything I've gotten really cool opportunities like CBC radio and people want to talk to me. And during that time, I kind of was like, no, like I'm not doing I'm not doing the things right now. Like I'm just healing. So when you asked me, I was like, oh my God, like I, I definitely heard a few of your um, 
podcast and I just thought to myself when they're like oh this is so cool and I seen like how big your following's getting and like I met her like I know who she I is. know her yeah <laughs> so it was just really cool to see that and I never thought that no I didn't think that we'd be here I just was just like cheering for you and you know in the corner like go girl like I appreciate I that so much me, but oh I, mean? I do I do and it's amazing to me as well is like the certain connections and networks that we meet at different times in our lives like wild because I feel like at that point when we met I was in such a dark period of my life and it's just so interesting to see like where you are what you go through and then where you end up, right? Because I feel like it's yeah. been what? Like pretty much 10 years since I've years. met you. Like, isn't that crazy when you actually say it out loud? It's like, wait, what? 10 years? I'm that old. And I thought you were so like when I met you, I loved your energy. I was like, she's so sweet. Like, thank you. You know, I, and that's that was coming out of that time too, again, where I had resistance to, you know, all of like non-Indigenous people. It was just hardships. But when I met you, I was like, oh my gosh, so sweet. I just love her. Like, and we <laughs> kind of stayed connected in a small way since, but um, yeah. being here now, it's just like, I'm, I'm kind of like, wow. And so when you did ask me, I, I kind of thought about it too. I'm like, I don't know if I'm ready, but I was like, you know what? I feel really good. Like a really good vibe, really good intentions. I've heard the work she's done before. Like it just, it seems so like it would be easy for me to do this with you. Oh my It'd gosh, that's the biggest me. compliment that I could get is if someone feels comfortable or like it's a good energy, literally that's the best compliment. And that's what I always want is my guests to be comfortable and be ready and there's never any rush. Like, you know, when the time is right, I truly believe the universe always makes it happen. So that means well, so I'm much so to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm so appreciative. And I think like, you know, I definitely wish you like the stars and the moon and what you're doing. And I think that you have, you have it girls. So keep doing it. <laughs> my God. I feel like the tears just keep welling up in my eyes this episode. I'm like, okay, <laughs> but they're oh used God, to that so. by now. Yeah. I, I'm an easy crier. Sometimes it's like literally a cartoon and I'm like, oh. <laughs> does not take much. I have such a compassionate heart. I feel so much like that empathicness. It's just like sometimes it's a little too much. I'm like, okay, I'm like I need a break from other people's energy for a second. It's a blessing and like a curse, really. It is hundred percent, hundred percent. Because like when the energy's hype, I am up here. I'm like, whoa, let's go. But then yeah. ooh, on the flip side, I'm like, I've developed so many different things over the years to help. I I haven't done this in a long time, but I used to call it the happy bubble. And I literally envisioned like this iridescent, sparkly, pink-ish bubble around me. And if someone was being nasty, I'm like, okay, your energy is deflecting off of my bubble. <laughs> but I feel I like I need to bring that back. <laughs> so like for for me, I, I get told to by people, like cultural people and just people I surround myself with, like, you have to protect your energy and you have to find something that works for you and like your bubble sometimes I use like a what, like medicine a medicine pouch but I also use like crystals and it just yes I'm like reaching for my crystals and so I just I call on those tools to help me to repel sometimes the energy because mm. when you care and you have a big heart and you want good it isn't always that way, but one thing I've learned is you have to keep, um, you have to keep who you are and you have to, you have to nurture that part of you and you can't let the negativity change who you are. I feel because there's been times where, you know, I've given and given and 
and I wouldn't say received, but things have just always been not good for me. So it's like, I don't want to give anymore, but given is who I am or being of service is who I am in ways. So I can't stop doing that when, you know, maybe there's one bad apple that it ruins that experience. So Yes, I love that you said that so much because I can totally relate to that. It can be so disheartening. And like, I feel like, you know, sometimes you've got a lot and you can keep going and keep going, but then there's just going to be points I find for myself anyway, where you just, it's just so defeating because you're like, I'm a good person. Like I put good out there, but I feel sometimes my light triggers the darkness in others sometimes, which is fine. That's cool. It just highlights where they need to grow, but it's hard at times not to take it to my heart. Cause I, sure. I know, right. Like logically, I know it's not about me, but yeah. sometimes I'm like, but, but is it? Cause they're making it seem like it is. So yeah. that's a big, that's a big lesson that I, I even still struggle with because you can do so much good or, or want so much good for somebody, but they may not, like you said, you, you trigger yeah. the dark. So I'm a firm believer in that. And that's something too, I struggle with, but once I, I, I feel the pain. I kind of get through it. I'm just like, like you said, it's not them. I remember who I am and who I am is somebody that, you know, maybe likes to give and, you know, all these things. So I I keep moving forward in that sense, but yeah, it's, I feel you when you say that, like, right. It's like, and two, it's sometimes those practices that bring you back. Like I found in myself, they've changed a little. I'm like, okay, what brings me back to the, and it's not in a bad way. It's a good thing. Cause it's like, okay, cool. It shows I'm growing and like, maybe, you know, a way that brought me back in the past. I don't need it that way anymore, but I need this now. So yeah, it's about that, uh, the bounce back, right? Cause hundred percent, you got to feel it. We're going to say it right now. You got to feel them. Cause that'll come back and bite you in the ass eventually. Like I used to try to avoid my pain or numb my pain, but don't work works for a bit. Then, then it's like, okay, now I'm coming out full force. How about yeah. now? I'm like, okay. <laughs> and like you said, you know, I'm very familiar with trauma and not just like I have personal, we all do. Um, but sometimes when you carry it as a whole, like a whole race or a whole, you know, group of marginalized people, it's very difficult. So I'm no stranger to trauma, but yeah. I'm also no stranger to um, healing. I think it's, it's so important to heal. And, and that's what I want to do, you know, with my, with my campaigns, with releasing collections is I want to talk about the hard stuff, but I think that it's important to talk about it, educate it so that healing can continue to take place. And so one of my big things is like, this was a very personal campaign. It was a very positive, beautiful, you know, yeah. flower. You took something painful and turned it into yeah. beauty. I love But that. not everybody would meet that with the eye, right? They don't know. Exactly. The, all the, all the ins and outs that we were <laughs> saying. Yeah. So other things I want to definitely shine light on is like, like I said before, MMIWG, how huge that is. And yes. I'm a big advocate for that. Um, so my husband, actually, he lost a sister prior to the sister and she was MMIWG. So my, Stop. Oh my, my husband God. has a lot of trauma. And so, um, you know, we both, we both do, but meeting him really opened my eyes for that, you know, MMIWG and yeah. just wanting to heal, wanting to, wanting that for him as well. And, and he's been on a really long journey and a really hard and painful one. And, and my heart breaks because um sometimes I feel like wow like how much more can he personally take like we all have trauma none is greater than the other but for me being my husband it's so of course that's your person you love him that's of course I 
would if it were my boyfriend i would feel the exact like because you take that especially being an empathic feely person it's just like that's your heart too yeah so now it's like when i knew that i you know i did want to do things um i became a big advocate so that's another thing through my fashion that I want to be an advocate in ways and talk about some hard stuff or absolutely. And it is so powerful to me because it tells a story because yeah. it gives insight to these things, but you're creating something powerful and beautiful and unique and special from that. And I just think as a way to live life, when you can turn your pain into purpose, you're doing yeah. it right. <laughs> Exactly. And so that's like my goals. And I'll quickly share this story, how the Nikes came to be and how the story. Okay. Yes. Cause like, okay, I saw this. I'm like, who doesn't love a good pair of Nike Air Force Ones? Like, hello, those are my go-to shoes always. And then what I'm not going to say, you can say it, but what you created with them, (laughs) you can tell them I'm going to get too excited. So go ahead. (laughs) So that comes from a really unique and cool relationship we developed. So he's a Grammy nominated music producer who's worked with people like Kanye West, Missy Elliott, like the list goes on Lizzo. He just did Missy, Lizzo, yes. (laughs) He just did a shoot with I think it was Khloe Kardashian and same as Andy Hines. And how this happened was um in the community I currently live in, it's my husband's community of Millbrook. I was working at the youth center for a long time. So that's one of my things too. I like to work with young people. And I felt that being in this community, I have to contribute because it isn't my home community. So I was working at the youth center, working with young people and um, an actor, like a local actor in the community just was like, hey, there's somebody looking for indigenous youth. Would you be able to help them make profiles? Whatever. So I said, sure. I help all these kids. I do everything on their profiles for this casting agency, send it out. I get a call from her. She's like, hey, I'm, I'm noticing you're on all these kids, like whatever, like how come? And I said, oh, well, I work at the youth center and like I put the parents contact too, but you can contact me as well. And they're like, yeah, well, that's what we're wondering. So I told them who I was, what I do. She was like, okay, could I, could I call on you if I need any help in terms of like with the indigenous part of this? And she wasn't telling, they weren't telling me what it was yet. Okay. So I was like, yeah, sure. So anyways, she kept calling me. She would, she would ask like, Hey, do you know dancers? Like, like uh Mi'kmaq dancers. I said, actually, yeah, I do. She goes, I'll call you back. She called me back. <laughs> I, I said, actually, some of these kids are dancers. What else do you know? Do you know anybody knowledge in, in dancing and the styles? I said, well, I am. Yeah. <laughs> so she keeps calling me back and then she goes, Hey, would it be okay if um, the producer calls you from, he's from LA, you'll see an LA number. And I'm like, uh sure (laughs) and you still had no idea what was going on no no I think she finally told me like it's a music video for classified finally finally yeah yeah. okay but I don't know what yet I don't know where I have no idea so he calls me and we're on the phone for like two hours and he starts just asking me like things and he said so he tells me he goes look I'm gonna share something with you that I'm really not supposed to, but I really like need your help. And if you're willing and oh, sorry, that's <laughs> okay. <here>, everybody. <laughs> he always does this. <laughs> he oh. was napping for a really long time. Oh my God, look at his hair. He's like, huh? <laughs> my Frenchie's snoring. Oh, really I love him. He's so cute. I always said Benson needs a Frenchie buddy. Like yes. it would just be the cutest. There's actually one here who's similar colors to him. His name is Memphis and he is oh so freaking cute. He's just this big chunk. I just love love him <laughs> they're so cute together <laughs> his name is Sebastian but we call him Bash. Bash. I love that <laughs> I was like the Bash brothers that's what I thought of from like the Mighty Ducks 
So we talk, he asks me all these questions. I tell him. So he goes, okay, this is my vision. This is what I want to do. So he tells me and he says, I want to do it in the best way to represent indigenous people and all of these things. So in the right way. So he says he's doing a video for classify classifies touching on MMIWG. It's going to be here. We need this. We need this. And he goes, can you arrange that? I said, no problem. So I went to work. I got all these dancers. I got the kids involved. And he calls me back and he says, you know, we're going to have red dresses. He tells me like part two to the thing. So I decide to um, disclose. I said, I know all about that. I said, I, I actually have a red dress I created about a year ago now, almost a year ago. And I said, uh, when I created this red dress, I said it was something I did as an individual to bring awareness to MMIWG in my own way. Mm -hmm. And so what I did with the red dress was I found the perfect material. I created the red jingle dress and then a little history on the jingle dresses. It's a, it's a prayer dance. It's a dance that you bring healing and you pray for people. You pray for sick people. You pray for people that are struggling, people that have passed. So when I created this dress, um, each cone that I put on the dress, um, it, that's the part where you kind of pray over them and you attach them to your dress. Okay. And each one I dedicated to the MMIWG people are women I knew like directly in a yes. sense, like in, like my, my sister-in-law that I never got to meet. And then the rest of the cones, I pulled up the inquiry online and there was over 4,000 women missing. Wow. So what I did was I selected randomly and I would pray for that past MMIWG victim and their families. And uh, I always tell this story. I wish I could have put 4,000 jingles on my dress. Because right. Oh my I wish gosh. I yeah. Those are wow. really powerful things. So I've never shared that story with anyone up until then I shared it with him. So he's like, this is incredible. He goes, how do you feel about being in the music video? I said, well, I really don't want to be. I said, <laughs> I'm not music video ready. Like, I need <laughs> Girl needs to get video time. vixen ready. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, no, I need you to be in it. He's like, everything you just told me is so important. I need you to wear that dress. And then I was like, I said, well, as long as you make a promise to me that you put the youth first, like as long as they're, oh, he's like, oh yeah, for sure. They're still going to be in it. So we get the you, as long as that happens, then I'll commit to that. But other than that, it's a no for me. If you're not going to include me, <laughs> it's a no for it's me. Like, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. It's like 100%. So we go forward. Um, we do the music video. We meet classified. It was amazing. Where did you do it? Was it Nova Scotia or was it in LA? It was in uh, Turo, Nova Scotia. You want to so know he, something crazy? Just quick story. I yeah. want it. He did a video in when I was in university, I went to Halifax uh, for university. He did a video, you know, like Split Crow. I don't know if it's still there. It's like a bar. It's like the cobblestone streets, downtown Halifax. Yeah, I know where oh, that is. Okay. Well, the a lot of it was shot there and I don't know why I couldn't come. There was a reason though, because I, if there was a music video, I'd be like, yes, let me be in it. <laughs> don't remember why I couldn't be there, but I remember it coming out and it was classified and seeing all my friends in this video. And I was no like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I right. <laughs> so anyways continue I just had to throw that in there <laughs> that's so funny because quick side story when I was younger I was like I want to be in a music video like how you crazy. manifested that shit yeah I didn't think like this I was like I want to be in yeah video mixing. no that's me too I'm like let me be your video mixing. like let's go <laughs> but it's just funny how not be careful what you wish for but what you put out there really comes to you like honestly. 100% you know how they say like it's called spelling for a reason because we're casting spells I totally believe that I totally I'm like what you're saying right 
it's crazy. So fast forward, we do the shoot in Turo, Nova Scotia. He gets uh, what's called Victoria Park all set up with like the hanging red dresses. Um, we get, I get there with the kids. It was really eerie and emotional. Like I wanted to burst into tears, but I had like a full face of makeup and we were just staring at like, it was very, and so they're all I keep getting chills us. the whole time you're talking. I'm like, Ooh, yes. <laughs> yeah. They're, they're all staring at us. Cause they're like, wow, you guys look amazing. And we're all like, Oh my God, this is like so emotional. So we go and we do the thing and he's like, you're my co-producer or whatever he calls it. And I'm like, stop, like, no way. So anyways, fast forward, we do this whole thing. My husband comes with me because he's like low-key nosy. He drags my husband into it. Okay. He's like, we need our actor, just whatever. We need an indigenous man. You're going to be here. You go. Yeah. And he was out there. Like we knew he was something. We didn't even know him. We knew he was big because he was out there in like top of the line, cool clothes, really crazy yeah. sneakers, like Yeezys in the mud. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> so I'd be like, I can't get my shoes dirty. These are expensive. <laughs> right? I'd be wearing No, like, it's a big deal. He don't care. <laughs> he did, and he was just, he was the most creative person I think I've ever met in that sense. He was mm. amazing. So anyways, at the end of everything, he's like, I'm leaving back to LA tomorrow. I just want to tell you guys, like we developed this like really close bond and connection he's like I love you guys I want you in my life forever like and and he's his name is Annie Hines he's from the south shore of Nova Scotia his no dad yeah, his, his dad's a famous photographer and his name is Sherman Hines so he comes from like this amazing background story yeah. he's in LA doing the damn thing so he's like I love you guys you taught me so much I want to stay in touch so when he was leaving, I asked him, I said, Andy, what's your favorite sneaker? And he's looking at me and he's like, why? Because every day, every so many hours, he had a new pair of sneakers. Oh, <laughs> well, what's your favorite sneaker? He's like, why? I said, well, I want to beat you a sneaker. And he just looked at me. He gave me this really strange, like progressively thinking look. And he just said, hold on that. And we don't see him. His wheels were turning. <laughs> yep. We don't see him, but we hear from him. He, he stays in touch. And then he tells me the concept about, I want to say eight months later, he's like, look, he's like, we're, we're going to do a workshop. We're going to beat sneakers. I want you to get all the Mi'kmaq youth. He starts, and we're, we both collaborate on it. So, and I told him, I said, you know, <laughs> that wasn't what we wanted to do. We wanted to beat him like a necklace that like was a gift him something, right? Yeah. Yeah. For doing everything the right way. Yes. So anyways, fast forward, um, we do this workshop and he comes in and he brings just really amazing, talented people. He's, he brings us on his, like, he had kind of like a, um, talent agency. Mm -hmm. He's like, you guys are on it. So we do the sneakers and that's how they kind of came to life. But a, another funny story was when I was in art school, I beaded my gym Nike sneakers and I wore them to the gym. So I showed him that. I showed oh my him God. That. So I have a comparison, like still yeah. existing, like the original shoe was just like a gym sneaker, like easy to get through mm -hmm. bead. And then yeah, the like the mesh or whatever. So Nike sponsored 32 or three pairs of sneakers, sent them to our house. We prepared, we got youth involved. Were they, were they all the white ones, all the yeah, white shoes? All okay, because I saw, was it the same beading on each or were they all different? Yeah, 
Well, okay, cool. the, the youth did different. They did their okay. own interpretation. And then we went, we ran through the workshop the same way about like creative process, create something meaningful, tell a story. You have a Love blank that. canvas. We're combining traditional and contemporary. Modern, yeah, yeah. And it just blew the hell up. And we got like honorable mentions from like the province. It was just, we were, it was incredible. And to work alongside my partner, my husband, yes that's beautiful it was phenomenal so I did I would do most of the designing he would do the beadwork but we would split on some of the beadwork but he did the really hard stuff because he's strong and I was like delicate yeah Yeah. (laughs) so that's how we got to that point by meeting him and so when I just want to take it back for a second um when he talks about like we did not meet not on purpose. Like he doesn't believe in a coincidence, like <laughs> everything aligned with the dress, you know, the MMIWG. Yes. Um, That's what I was going to say. It was like one meeting. It just like evolved into this huge thing. And it was no coincidence. Cause one thing after the other aligned. And uh, one of the things was the video when it was released. Um, it was, it's called powerless, but it's an extremely powerful video. Mm-hmm. And in one shot, my, so my husband's sister, that want the, her name is Tanya Brooks. She went missing about, I want to say at least 10 years ago in Halifax. Um, her story, you can find it online, but she, she has a sister, but my husband is not, they're not brother and sister. Okay. They have the same mom. And then my, my husband and her have the same father. So she's in the video and she's holding up a real MMIWG sign of her sister, Tanya Brooks, of my husband's sister. So the camera flashes on that and then flashes to my husband's face. And he had no clue. Stop. Are you serious? Serious. He had no clue. And there was another young lady in it. And she was the granddaughter of a lady who was also a victim of MMIWG in um, here in the East Coast, her name was Annie Mae Aquash, and her granddaughter was in it. He had no clue, casted the young lady. So we like it was just too much alignment and so amazing- much like, oh my yeah. God, like that's giving me life because yeah. it's like not just one thing, it's like 5,000 things just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And I, I never, love that. And I was never able to tell that story, but I shared it with him. So we also had some really big lessons too about him being non-Indigenous and being such an ally and such a, an amazing person to all of this, but us also holding space for him. So we learned so much and we're so grateful and we're still doing this work. We've been on pause for a bit due to a lot of trauma that's been happening. Of course, We still are, you know, we still are pushing this out. We're doing another workshop really soon. And, you know, we hope to head to Nike headquarters and meet. Heck yeah big things in that sense so that is so cool I told my partner about the shoes because he loves some Nikes and I was like yeah they do these cool Nikes and they're beaded and he was like what because he asks like before my interviews like who are you interviewing today so Uh that's so cool and we had like so when the traction was huge we had like an NFL player inquire about the shoes they were going for quite a bit of money like I think yeah like 2000 US was some of the pricing and well worth it though like that work yeah yeah and we would take the we would take part of the money and we're putting it into a fund to help for clean drinking water for indigenous communities in Canada because it's that's so beautiful it's really unfortunate that there's still communities that it's are not necessary it yeah. makes no sense like it's it's but, fucked up like yes. no 
everyone in this whole world should have access to clean drinking water and the fact that we live in Canada and there's people who don't yeah and like communities 20 30 years on boil advisories or things like that you know so it's exactly you see when we do these things when we do this work there's always a sense of us giving back and I think that's so important for you know everybody listening to yes to know and to honor that when you get something in life and it's big always find a way to give back it's so rewarding yeah and it's Mm -hmm. so it keeps the circle going round and round yes we're so aligned right now I was gonna say it keeps the flow going but exactly (laughs) that like exactly like that is how you when you give back it's how you're saying thank you as well like whether that be to a person the earth a group of people whatever it's the only way that our world is gonna survive is if we give back 100 and i'm a strong believer in that what you put out you receive and then when you receive you put out like it's just that ever exchange flow that never stops so yes we believe in that and that's you know the work we continue to try to do in all aspects of what we're trying to accomplish and right now life is a little shaky with you know I left my job I'm taking yeah so much change and like you know people leaving and things like that so yeah of course there's a lot a lot going on right now but I just want to thank you again for taking space for us today because I know it's it's challenging when you're going through a lot, but I really appreciate you coming on today. You're so welcome. And I really appreciate you asking me because like I said, I this has been something I haven't been doing things and and to jump back in this way with such good energy and such a good host. I really Yay. appreciate you asking. <laughs> Of course. No, it's, it's, I have such like, there's so many beautiful souls out there. And I was just like, I have like a list that I just keep adding to. And just as I can, I just keep reaching out to people because I see everyone. Well, I don't see everyone, obviously, but I mean, the people who stand out and it's, it's so funny because we're talking about the universe and synchronicities. It always works out exactly as it should so good, yeah yeah it's so funny I bet you wish you could just interview almost everyone eh? <laughs> like oh my god girl if you could see the list I have and like this is what we're talking about the manifestation I'm like do you know you know JVN from like Queer Eye I love him Jonathan Van Ness he's got the beautiful long luscious hair yeah I'm like he is going to be on my podcast one day and it's gonna be gorgeous and we're gonna have so much fun and like Mindy Kaling I'm obsessed with her and I just am like she would be such a cool person to interview so like I have like my dream celebrity list so I just got chills I'm like that's gonna happen for you (laughs) yes okay thank you universe (laughs) it's so funny I seen your last episode with the Cambo Ash yeah I have actually done that shut up I'm so intrigued I'm like she needs to come here because like I just want to get it done it just seems so so healing and awesome (laughs) It was definitely crazy, but I'm all about like trying different things for healing, what feels right to me. And that's the other thing too, like in my growth, it doesn't have to be just like for me, indigenous um, healing. Although that's my number one, I turn to when I really feel and yes. relate to. I am so like open to all forms of healing. So when I seen that, I was like, oh my God, like my husband just finished a session last week too he did he did combo that was that's so cool okay that's awesome now I've like I I found out about Cambo Ash through my friend Josie but now to hear another person's actual experience like I just think it's awesome and I much would rather go the natural route than put chemicals in my body if I can help it and I just feel like my body reacts better to the natural things yeah 
it's really it's it's a cool experience it's like um I guess it would be in the same field as like if you chose to microdose right like it's supposed to be right and so yeah it was it's it's similar to our ceremonies what we do for indigenous people like you have to suffer you have to go through and it's funny I don't I don't know if I'm quoting this right but like the lotus goes through mud before it becomes literally okay so this is too freaky because when you were talking about the flowers that's what i was going to bring up with your collection because like i got the it's the unilome as well which is like the path to enlightenment but i got the lotus with it for that reason because i was like it goes through the the mud and the darkness and blooms from that and it was just it means so so much to me right like it just that is one of my favorite favorite analogies for life because it's like yeah, any suffering know. right right okay we all the chills <laughs> we're getting all the confirmation here but it's and so that's true the, and that's the thing right like um i feel like we align like people like similarities like this and alignment come cross each other's path and it's really beautiful like the same story I told you about andy it's like it's like that you know yeah. And I do feel like we met for reasons 10 years ago and we're here again. Isn't today. that crazy? Oh my God. I'm having a moment right now. Cause I'm like, who would have thought, who would have yeah. thought back then? Like, never so like, cool. I know it's so cool. I'm having a moment right now. Gratitude <laughs> moment. <laughs> but yeah, I think like, like I was saying earlier about my struggle now, I just feel like it's the same thing. I got to remember the Lotus goes through darkness and mud. But when you're in it, it's so hard to. Oh, girl, preach. Oh, my God. When you're in it, it's like, (laughs) oh, my God. Like, if there was a fly on the wall for my healing journey, (laughs) oh, my God. It would be probably very highly viewed because it was. (laughs) I would be, like, sobbing on the floor, singing my heart out. I'd be angry. I would just be sitting there, (laughs) like, just, oh, my God. The punching bag, that is, like, one of my favorite ways to get my rage out. I'm like, give me a punching bag and let's go. (laughs) I can't remember all of these beautiful things when you're in those low vibrations and low state, but when you climb out of them, you remember, or you meet people, you have interactions like we're having and you're just like, Hey, I remember. Yeah. I remember now. And I love that, but it is because I'm coming out of it, but it's, it's so difficult. That's the thing. Right. And it's like, like literally, like you said, it's like wall in, in there. Like, so if anyone's in there right now with whatever your life is looking like, it, it is going to get better. It, yes. There's no time frame. I think that's the frustrating part. Cause it's like, you're there's, you don't know, you don't know how long something might take to heal. Like I have certain wounds that have been in there since I was like very, very young. And it's so yeah. fascinating because I finally feel I'm like there's one wound in particular that's just constantly just keeps coming back. And I'm like, how else can I heal this? Like I'm trying. And I feel like now finally I'm sort of coming out of it and I'm so grateful, but I'm also very, um, I don't know if cautious is the right word. Cause I'm like, you could be triggered again. So don't think you're good because it could come back and resurface in some way, but just the complexity of it and the intensity of it is not what it was at one time so that's also cool to see even though it takes a very long time for certain things when you can kind of see it start to not have as big of a hold over your emotions I love that moment I'm like yes (laughs) and that's that's a sign you know you're healing in that yeah in that sense one of the things I practiced this year since I've been through uh, especially with the losses I've experienced in the grief it's called EMDR and I do okay yes 
to the therapist, therapist, right? Yeah. It is pretty close to a spiritual experience, I want to say. So healing. Yeah. The oftentimes the therapists, I wouldn't say that they aren't um, spiritual, but they're not like they're more on the logical part of the brain yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Versus the spiritual part. But um, the, this has been really a tool that's helped me get through a lot. It's it's a really an incredible experience. And um, you don't know where your brain's going to take you when you start it. And when you when you come out of it, oftentimes you process a lot of that trauma. So that's helped me immensely in the past bit. And I, I highly recommend it, especially if somebody is a spiritual person or, or kind of likes that type of healing. At first I was like, what is this? I right? did not think spiritual. She did not explain it, that it would be even in the least bit like a spiritual experience, but I felt the same kind of way as I do when I do certain types of ceremonies or healing. So yes, if anyone out there can do that, like do that for yourself to assess a a trauma or a, yeah. a certain type of, um, anything experience. that's that's been going on in there even if it's like if it's something that's been there your whole life or even if it's only been there a day a month a week who knows I agree yeah. like so powerful it's like yeah even if they don't want to say it, there's there's spiritual parts to it I feel like there's spiritualness to everything I'm oh like, yes. always <laughs> she, my luckily my my therapist has started to have a different mindset and open mindset mm. with that but she is really, it's really cool because she is open-minded and she's just like, I don't know, she supports that part of me. And, and I think that's so important. Like I, I found too that being like, I have to honor my full self and including my spiritual side. So I'm just yes. being my authentic self these days. And, and a big part of that is, is having those experiences and, you know, talking about them or sharing them and, and seeing if they can help others because they help me a ton. And I'm the same like you. I don't like to, I'm, I wouldn't say medication doesn't work. I believe it does for people. I think that everybody. Absolutely. Teach their own for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that I would never knock that or say it doesn't work. I 100%. I just use that as my last resort because that's it exactly it yes it's not that I won't it's just if I could do something else first I will do something else exactly and I'm I don't like I said I I will take and like what I need to if I need to for sure absolutely holistic approaches for me are like where my spirit gets all to first and foremost same here and I feel too yeah with growth and everything honoring that and just fully leaning in and like you're saying too even with your therapist how she's more open and that's it too if anyone out there is looking for your therapist or ways they can do the work don't settle if it's not someone you if you don't vibe you don't it's not going to be I'm just saying I have been through many and like some I just don't connect with in that way and stayed there a little and it just wasn't as beneficial I don't feel as if it were someone who I really really connected to yeah and don't be afraid to use alternative measures to heal because you know medication or therapist seeing a therapist is just one or two ways of doing things there's many ways therapy can be different for everybody and that's something I've learned along my journey sure there's so many avenues I've done a lot of like self-work as well I feel like that's been very helpful to me because it's just feeding my mind what it needs or my spirit or whatever and keeping it back to basics getting outside in nature that's like the best therapy for me I'm like let me just go (laughs) 
touch this tree for a while or let me just go go to the ocean like I just need something so that's yeah. a, a big big help as well same it's so funny I'm very like I feel very aligned with what you're saying as well I like, know <laughs> I've done all those things too like I use everything that I need in the the moments I need it like nature is huge um going for walks mm. doing self-help reading self-help books doing journaling all those things like healing is certainly not linear and it's not bound no. to one <laughs> it's a it's a ride for sure not linear I love that saying so much because it's so freaking true and like maybe something that helped you with one part of your healing journey it might not resonate with a different part so that's also the beauty of it it's frustrating sometimes though because you're like why isn't this working so you know mm -hmm. be, be open to like trying new things because maybe that's where the universe again it could be one of those synchronicities of life where it leads you to a direction you didn't even know you were going to go so you never know and that's what I feel too like why I mentioned the EMDR is because sometimes that surf it was like it felt like surface work for some of my trauma not all and so yeah. when it was the deep stuff I had to do the deep work and I feel that certain layers we got to dig a little deeper to heal so oh right those yeah the deep ones it's like it's it can be a lot sometimes <laughs> do you have any final words of wisdom for us you've dropped so much wisdom this whole episode but if there's anything oh, yeah. else we're all ears my final words in a nutshell would be I think to follow your dreams to to really feel what your calling is and honor your spirit and to do things in a really good way I think if you can live by those pieces of wisdom I think that you know you'll you'll take yourself really far and no matter what it is if you believe that it's you know meant for you and meant for your calling and your like you've said your sole purpose it's going to it's going to be successful so if I learned anything it's it's all of those, you know, all of those. Yes. Oh my gosh. So much. Yes. I'm so oh proud of you. Keep going. I think this is amazing. And Thank congratulations. You so no, you too. Congratulations. I love to see it. I love to see just like I've said a million times, but your pure, beautiful soul and talent just come alive through all of your creative ventures, not just the pieces you make, but the, the projects you've been involved with anything. It's all it's all a contribution. It's all leaving the world a better place than you found it. It's it's helping enlighten people. It's awesome. And I just want to thank you so, so much. I'm truly honored that you, you've been with us today. So excited. Thank you again, Kaylee. You're welcome. Well, that is our tea time for today, everyone. I want to thank each and every listener, viewer for tuning in. Really means the world to me to keep building up this community of love, light, compassion, acceptance, openness, realness. That's the tea. That's what we want. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to have, actually, we almost forgot. Let's plug in your website and social media. I was about to say, all your stuff will be linked, but we kind of have to hear it first. So if you want, you can let us know how people can connect with you. I can be found on Instagram. Instagram at Shay Designs underscore at the end of that. And you can follow my personal Instagram as well. I like to post on there. It's shy underscore I underscore G, I believe. And my website is www.shaydesigns. <laughs> like, is that one? one I know. 
I have to do that sometimes too. I'm like, uh, but my other point that will all be linked in the description box <laughs> on YouTube and on the show notes, if you're listening via podcast platform. So there'll be no trouble finding her website, socials. If you want to reach out, check out what cool stuff she's doing. Look at her website. Cause you're going to see the beautiful work. And again, we're not, we're not sponsored by this movie, but that four love movie, if you want to catch a little glimpse of shy, she's there, but it's also from the classified music video. So you can also check her out there. Super powerful, super amazing. So thank you everybody. I want to wish everyone love and light as always, and we will see you next week. Oh, 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 o